On today's show, I talk to number one best-selling author and good friend, Christy Wright. We talk about her new book on work-life balance and how it's not even a thing. We talk about the different expectations on men and women, kids, being a husband, a wife. We talk about everything right here. Stay tuned. Yo, yo, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. We're so glad you're with us today. It's a show about mental health, relationships, boundaries, parenting. And listen, today I've got a very special guest, a good friend. Her desk is like two over from me here in Nashville, Tennessee. We share a building and um, we share ideas and she's awesome. Her name is Christy Wright. She's the number one best-selling author. And she's got a new book coming out where she talks about... Ooh, unicorns and magical dust and work-life balance. All three things that are not real, but that, uh, I don't know, the universe says we should have, right? Does the universe say we should have unicorns and, and dust? I don't think so. I don't know. I probably screwed that up a little bit. But she's here. It's uh, it's an awesome conversation. I love talking to Christy. She's really, really wise, and she gives zero crap. She tells the truth, and I love, love, love that. So stay tuned for my interview with Christy Wright right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show. <laughs> I just tried to say hello, and it was like, patriarchal comment. Just doing nothing. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> so good. <laughs> you feel good about this? No. No. <laughs> I'm glad you're my friend. I know. Do, do, do you have people that aren't your friend that are scared of you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Who? It, people, I was just on an interview about this and they somehow came up with the Enneagram. And I was like, eights are not terrifying. Like people that are into the Enneagram. Are you think, an eight? Yes. Everybody thinks they're terrifying. I'm like, they're not terrifying. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But anyway, yes, people. Yeah. What is it? I don't know enough about this. Voodoo, witchcraft, Enneagram. I know. You is, and the, yeah. is it, um, are you born that way? No. Lady Gaga style? Or is it like, know. could you become it? I don't know that. I mean, the the thing with, if, if anybody even cares, but the thing with AIDS is there's a trend that you have a wound from your childhood okay. that taught you that you can't trust people. And so you, you, your, your strategy to survive on your world is to not trust people because you don't want to get hurt again. So it's okay. like when you, kind of when you talk about it, you're kind of just showing your wound. It's okay. not so much like something to be proud of. But anyway, um, you know they, you know they have traits like being aggressive. I, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I don't think I honestly, I don't think you're aggressive though. Thank you. I'm I don't not, think I'm you passionate. are at all. I'm passionate. <laughs> <laughs> When's so, the last time you got super super mad? Like raged out. Oh gosh. Besides this weekend when you were eight miles from your <laughs> boat ramp and your boat's floating in the middle of the water. Besides when I was stranded. Can I ask you this? Did you look at Matt like at your husband and just like this? No. No. No, because here's the thing. I love a good adventure. So I'm okay. like, oh, how's this going to turn out? I don't know. It's going to be great. Now, I would have not have been in a good mood if our kids were with us because that is not fun. That's just super stressful. Yeah. But because it's us, I'm like, we can figure this out. I just love a good adventure. I'm so like, oh, things go wrong. Of a lake. Yeah. Yeah. Just literally <laughs> on the other side of the dam from where our house is. So <laughs> it's not even like we could call our neighbors. <laughs> I would just be so pissed. Just floating oh. in the middle of the lake. Oh, no. Well, so, uh, how's this for a romantic date? We're just sitting <laughs> no, in the middle of a lake. This is not how I saw it going. Dang huh. it. But then we did end up driving to our favorite waterfront, super country <laughs> restaurant, and saw some awesome sights. Just country people on a Saturday night, line dancing, and bad karaoke. It was just so did great. You dance? Did you all dance? 
Uh, no, no, Matt, Matt's not a Matt's not a big dancer. Hmm. Yeah, I'll work on that. Thanks. That'd I'll be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, I, but I love to dance. Me and my girlfriends like when we, you know, have yeah, girls' yeah. nights, we'll go some dance. Dance. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on my show. Yeah. We, this is, this is, this is hey, hey, you've been here seven years. Finally had me on. Thanks. This is how, Thanks. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Glad we've been I could make for an appearance. Nine minutes. You're nine like, mm, minutes we've been doing we have, this. We have no one. We have no one on this particular week. Ah, oh, Christy, Christy sits over there. She can or, or we're like, hey, can we get some of our my coworkers on the show? And they're like, they're not going to do your show. No, that's not just, true. Just that's call strangers true. in America. That's because not that's... true. Because I told you, you and I could tag team some phone calls. We are Pretty setting awesome. that up for sure. We're going to have some phone calls. I got some things to say to your callers. <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> I don't even know what the question is, but I got answers. Okay, for so sure. just so you know, one time I walked out of the show and repeated a call. Christy and our desks are next to each other, and I repeated a call that I just had, and I was fuming. I was pissed. And I repeated the call. And the only person in that office more mad than me was you. And you're like, you tell her. And I was like, yes. I was like, give me your phone number. Yeah, I'm going to call her right like, now. Let's call her right now. Yeah. All right. Hey, so you got something big. Let's do this. Let's talk about your book real quick. Yeah. And then we'll get it. We'll, we'll dig into the human behind this book. Um, so, dude, you got a new book. Tell me about it. Yeah. It's on a topic that, that people have a lot of feelings about. Life oh, balance. Everybody's and, got you, feelings about everything. I know. That's true. But, you know, this is so, again, typical of my personality. It's like if there's like an area of conflict, I don't tiptoe around it. I'm just like, I'm just going to bulldoze right into it. Yes. And here's the thing. People can have all their feelings about the topic of life balance. That's fine. But they still keep asking because it's the number one thing I'm asked about and has been for 10 years. Okay, so, so it's life balance, right? Yes. The guilt-free guide to life balance is take back your time. The guilt-free guide to life balance. And what we're asking, we ask about time management and productivity and efficiency, all that stuff. That's fine. But we've got deeper issues going on when it comes to our calendar, and I want to dig into that. And that's what I talk about in the book. And yes, I'll help you with your calendar and all that stuff, but I love digging into the issue behind the issue of why we feel this way. Why do, why do, we, why do we walk around all day, every day feeling like we're failing? Yeah. At work, at home, we just feel like we're failing. We have this narrative that we're failing. No matter what we do, we're sure we're doing the wrong thing. We don't know what balance is. We're just sure we don't have it. Mm. I'm like, I don't know. feels like something I want to talk about. I want to fix it. You know. So in this book, you, you dress head on. It, so I'm, I'm I'm getting the sense that balance isn't a thing. Not in the way that we understand it. Okay, so, explain so when, that. When I'm asked the question, the question is always asked this way. How do you balance it all? Balance is a verb. How do you okay. balance it all? And we've got all the analogies, walking a tightrope, spinning plates, juggling balls. Some balls are plastic. Some are glass. Which ones do you let drop? I don't know, John. All that sounds stressful. <laughs> you, you just rattled off like nine crocheted pillows. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's just, so good. Well, that's, the, that's these cliche answers you get from people that we see as successful. And the truth is, when I look at jugglers, they don't look real happy or balanced or, or relaxing in their life. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It looks like it looks stressful and hard. And it also looks like I could do all that and I've done all that. Walk the tightrope, spin the plates, juggle the balls, and still feel like something's not right in my life hmm. and still feel like I'm not balanced, whatever that means. And so I started asking a different question. What if balance isn't something you do, how you balance it all? What if instead it's something you feel? What if it's something you create? What if you could be a balanced person in an out-of-balance world? What if you could create a sense of balance and still be busy? What if balance looks more like peace? being confident in your choices when you say yes to this thing or the no to that thing. What if it looks more like, I don't know, just being happy in your life and how you spend your time and shaking the guilt that's been following you around for a long time. I think when we ask about balance, that's what we really want. We just want to be proud of how we spend our time in this one life we've been given. We want to shake this guilt that just haunts us everywhere we go. 
And so that is the version of balance I define in the book. And you stole my book title with your whole redefining anxiety thing. I wanted to be redefining balance, but we did oh, come, yeah. we, we did come up with something else. <laughs> I don't think balance is about balancing it all as we talk about it. I think we have this pressure to have this 50-50 split between work at home or or more common to do everything for an equal amount of time. Mm. I'm going to work out and spend time with my spouse and oh, spend time yeah. at church and spend time with my kids and spend time at work and also personal goals and time with God. And whew, That sounds stressful um, and it's not realistic. And so the the thesis of the whole book is life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And when you do that, you will actually feel that sense of balance you've been looking for. And that's the kind of balance I walk them through in this book. That's awesome. So I had this, this thing happen to me the other day. We, I took my first vacation in forever and we just went to like a KOA, me and my family. And then we went with another family with little kids. And we had like a pregame meeting where the four of us, like me and my wife and and the other couple, we all met and said, "What are you? What are you looking to get out of?" Uh, out how do you of, visualize this? How do, how do you see this vacation playing oh, out? Like, well, it was it was basically I can be weird and awkward, <laughs> and my wife my wife no. was trying to predict. I mean, trying to prevent that. So, what do you want to get out of this vacation? What do you want to? And it hit me in a way that it, I, I've thought about this before, I've talked about it, but it never, it, it never hit me. And tell me if this circles back here, if you see this. I think at first blush, I wanted to go on vacation so I could do nothing. Mm-hmm. The goal was this illusion of nothing. Okay. And I would go, and I, don't, I didn't have a picture of it, I just wanted to not be doing these other things. <laughs> Whatever this is. Which yeah. was food prep and being around people and talking and working. With it. But I didn't have a thing of what we we're going to go do. I just wanted to not be doing those things, which meant I just wanted to do nothing. Yeah. And then I've looked at the idea, like, I can't wait till I retire. I've had buddies that can't be on 20 years from retirement. I think, I don't, I don't want to just do nothing. And I see a, a, a trajectory towards getting to, like, my recliner at the end of every day. Like, people just can't, they work all day so I can get here, and then they can go to bed and repeat. It feels like this idea of balance I'm going to run, 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 so that I can get to this place where I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I realized that doing nothing, <laughs> all the research tells me is that your body falls apart, your mind falls apart, your relationships fall apart, and then you just die. Yeah. Like if your goal is to do nothing, right? Yeah. But I don't know that this idea of balance, this feeling of I'm either getting to a place where I can finally do nothing mm-hmm. or I can do things that I want to do and there will be no stress or pain or frustration or any. Does it make sense? Yeah. What are people looking for when they say, I want balance? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what's interesting because when I walk through this whole redefining what this could look like, we talk about what would it look like to be have a sense of peace even in a world that's chaotic or to, to be confident in your choices even when those choices are hard. But you make a good point. I was actually just talking to someone earlier today about this. I think sometimes we jump to these conclusions about certain words and we associate them with something being really negative or wrong. So for example, I'm tired so that must be something's wrong or I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or this is a really hard season. So I must be failing as if we have this unspoken expectation that life is supposed to be easy and effortless. And we know that it's not in our mind. We know intellectually it's not. But then when things get really hard, we think, oh, I'm failing. This is terrible and so on. And, and the one of the things I actually talk about this in the book, but I I want to I want to differentiate between just because you're tired doesn't mean your whole world is out of balance just because you're stressed doesn't mean your whole world is out of balance. Just because you're overwhelmed doesn't mean your whole world is out of balance. Each of those things might be a clue if you felt like that for a decade. Sure, we might need to figure out what's going on with you. But if you just didn't get sleep last night, you might just need a nap. 
Or it you, might mean that you, you worked might, really hard that day. Right. You That's might have, a good thing. Yes. You might have just had a hard day or you're dealing with a, a situation you don't know how to deal with. And so when we can separate our uh, conclusions about our whole life from these situations, then I think it gives us a, a greater sense of power and it reduces all that guilt. So so another example I would use is um, when I talk about seasons, mm-hmm. um, I've been guilty of this where I look around me and I draw conclusions about myself based on the season I'm in. Yeah, so as dude. an example, my house is a mess, so I'm a mess mm-hmm. and I'm failing as a mom. I'm like, no, I am not a mess. I have three little kids that make a mess right. every day, multiple times a day. I am not a mess. But if we're not careful, we'll do that. We will draw conclusions about ourselves from our season. And I, I just want people to know your season is where you are, not who you are. Right. Your yeah, season yeah. is where you are, not who you are. And so this is the season you're in. It's the season of difficulty in your job or, or difficulty with your health or difficulty with a family member. This isn't who you are. Mm. But but when we begin to separate ourselves, then we can look at, okay, what do I want my life to look like? What's right for me right now? simple, powerful question, then when you decide what's right right now, then even when it's hard and even when you're tired, you go, hey, but I'm doing the right thing right now. I'm real tired, John. Like I'm in the middle of book launch. We're in the middle of pre-sale, traveling, doing lots of interviews. I am tired. Yeah. But I'm also excited because I'm like, I'm doing what's right right now. It's a good thing. Though. Yes, yeah. it's a good tired. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll never assume we pathologize tired. Ex- exhaustion, yes. But tired means you put it in today. Yeah. And you did, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. How is this different for men and women? Well, You've been working with women for a decade, yeah. for years. Yeah. So I think that men— Or is there a difference? Well, I don't know. I mean, all of it's all of my thoughts on that are more just kind of uh, you know, gut intuition. But I, I have noticed a trend where I hear women say, I'm failing. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear men say that in that same way. Not okay. from the same place of like, I'm failing as a dad. I'm failing at work. I'm just failing mm-hmm. everywhere. Whereas women say that. Mm-hmm. And they say it and they reinforce it and they all say it to each other. That No, you're not. No, I am. But you're not— I mean, this narrative that they're failing haunts them. Yep. I do think that, um, at least at least in my observations, you can tell me if you feel like this, but I think that men tend to compartmentalize easier. Like Matt seems to be able to compartmentalize a little bit easier. Mm. Whereas when he's at work, I don't. I really don't think he's thinking about us, which is awesome. Gotcha. Because he's at work. Be where your feet are. The more I've tried to practice that, the more balanced I feel where I can actually be present in the moment that I'm in. But I feel like women are often like our mind is in a million places and often it's in the places that we're not. So then we feel guilty. So I don't know. I mean, do you feel like uh, you can compartmentalize more? I've got several more? Qu- questions on that. Um, uh, I'm taking notes here in history. Um, so I used to, until I read Terrence Reel's work about overt and covert depression, mm. meaning um, you look at the stats, it looks like on, on its face that women experience depression they experience these seasons of guilt, this I'm I'm a failure, mm-hmm. more, way more than men. And what he came out and said, that's absolutely inaccurate. Men have, demonstrate depression by puffing their chest out, oh, gotcha. by flexing, yeah. by doing, by yelling, by numbing. Mm. And so where a man may not, men may not put it out there to the world, they may not verbalize, I'm failing, mm-hmm. they'll go have nine drinks mm. and disappear in front of a ball game. They'll go golf all day, all day, all day. They'll go hide, right? Gotcha. Yep. And um, so it ends up being the same thing. They just they have different words for it. Yeah. And so they're it may not be as identity driven. The identity may not drive them to the ground. Yeah. But they are killing themselves just the same. Well, when I have given this talk mm-hmm. and this content, I've I've been speaking on this topic to our entree leadership audiences yep. from Summit to Master Series, whatever, since 2013. So a really long time, different iterations of it. 
Um, and even back in the day, years ago, it used to be mo- much more male mm-hmm. uh, audience. It hit a nerve. Yep. Big time. Yep. And so there's something about it that we all, there's something in us that we feel like there, there's something more for us. Mm-hmm. That we need something, not to do more, not to run harder and faster, but like something feels like it's not right. And I want to fix that feeling. And I don't know what that is. And that's, I think that we describe it with balance. I need more work-life balance. Well, you can take a vacation. You can take time off. You can leave at five. But if the, if you still have that narrative that you're failing, then it doesn't matter what time you leave work. That's because right. you're taking that narrative home with you and you're bringing it to work with you the next day. You say this all the time. Like, wherever you go next, you're taking you with you. Right. And if that story is a story you believe and nurture and fuel and accept and, and, and live out of, well, then the story is what we have to fix. The yep. That idea, not just the calendar. The, one of the things I said the other day that I thought, oh, gosh, that summarizes it so well. This is not a calendar issue. It's not just about the calendar. It's about enjoying the life that the calendar represents. I want to help people do that. So how do you help somebody? Or it, When I used to travel with, with work and now we travel now, I used to, as soon as I'd get on the plane, I'd start writing notes to my kids. Mm-hmm. I would text my wife. I would start trying to anchor back to where I was because I was guilty that I was leaving Sheila with two little kids. I was um, guilty I was going to get to stay in a hotel by myself mm-hmm. and sleep and all those things. And it occurred to me a couple of years ago, oh, I'm dishonoring whatever group I'm going to speak to. I am not helping them at home at all. Mm-hmm. I am making a choice to be more miserable mm-hmm. by trying to be having my heart back there, mm-hmm. my work over here. So now when I leave the house, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I am focused on where I'm headed. Yeah. It feels like there's an industry, there's an ecosystem, there's, there's air and water that we breathe and swim in directed towards women to make sure you're never where you are. Mm. Does that make sense? There's an industry of guilt that is surrounds women in a way that I don't feel. Yeah. Yeah. You should be at home with your kids. And if you're not, why are you at home with your kids? We worked all this time. You should be a vice president of a company. If you're a vice president of a company, you should okay. be wearing this. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm not going to get into the whole gender thing with this, but I am curious. When you travel, do people ask you who's watching the kids? They do with me. They do? Yes. But I, yes. Like, where are your kids? Where's your family? Yes. And I make No, it a- who's watching the kids? Mm, no, the assumption is just my wife is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked everywhere I go, who's okay. watching the kids? Uh, I don't yeah. know. The dog? I don't know. I just yeah. hope they'd work out. Like <laughs> Matt never gets asked that. Huh. Matt's never been asked in his whole stinking life, who's watching the kids? I'm yeah. like, isn't that fascinating? There, there. I think there is some- Just the assumption, right? 100%. Yeah. I think sometimes it's spoken, sometimes it's unspoken. And I'm not mad about it. I love being a mom. Like I love that people, you know, that's great. But I do think that there is pressure there. And I will tell you that that is years ago, I discovered that's where so much of my guilt came from was always focused on where I was not. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at work, I'm thinking about my kids. Oh, are they okay? Are they, you know, did I forget this, that? Are they sick? Do they need me? Then I would go home and I'd be with them and I'm checking email and I forgot to write, the, finish that chapter and, you know, I got to respond to that. And da, da, da. So if you are always focused on where you are not, then of course you feel guilty because you're always focused on where you're not. And by the way, you also are completely missing the moment that you're in. So the analogy I use is a, is a car Flip your focus instead of always looking through the rearview mirror of what you're leaving behind. Look through the front windshield of where you're going, mm. and be where you fit, fit, where your feet are. So I'm just like you. When I walk out the door, bye. I intentionally ch- channel my focus yep. to what I'm going to. Yep. And then when I go home, same thing. It's like I'm shutting this off That's as right. much as I possibly can. It, it it allows you to not just be more present. It allows you to experience and enjoy those moments more because you're actually in them now. Yeah. And by the way, you don't feel guilty because you're like, no, I'm focused on the thing I'm doing. Look, I'm doing great now. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be doing great then versus I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Mm. I'm leaving that behind. You know. Mm. 
So tell me, tell me about how you grew up. Kids, mom, dad, brothers oh, and gosh. sisters. No brothers and sisters. Okay. My, Only child. Yeah. My... That explains everything. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and we're going to flip it to you All next. Uh, <laughs> my dad and stepmom had a little girl when I was 16. And a baby when I was 16. So I, I did grow up an only child, but I have a half-sister now. Um, my mom, single mom, uh, started a cake shop when I was six months old to raise and support me. And my dad was not in my life from the time that I was eight until I was 14. Okay. So that drastically shaped me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who I was in high school and college and then even after that. But I have a great relationship with him now. I found him when I was 14, and we have a great relationship now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my parents, if you met my parents, my mom and my dad, both so similar like adventurous, spontaneous, entrepreneurial, hard worker to like a fault, like don't know when to mm -hmm. stop. It is me. Like it just like, oh yeah, this Christy makes sense. <laughs> like I'm so, I'm so much like what I watched. So how, how do you, how do you live with, I see this and I feel what that was and I've experienced what that was and I'm going to make, I want this to be different for my kids and my marriage and my work. How do you balance that? Well, I think it actually. Ah, see what I just did there. I didn't mean to say balance, but oh, no, how, how, do, how do you how do you filter that? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I have always had a very strong sense of. I think strong-willed children have this. I was a strong-willed child. Am a strong-willed adult. Whether enneagram, whatever you want to call it, I have a very strong sense of ownership over my life. Meaning, not like not like in a territorial way, but like I have a strong sense of a right to myself. So, like if I'm parenting my children in some way, and someone judges me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you got your own kids. You do what you want with your kids. Like, like th these are these are my kids. This is my family. So the reason I bring that up is Matt and I have been very intentional mm -hmm. to say, what do we want our family to look like? You talk about this, like visualizing plans for the weekend or whatever. What do we want our family to be about? Mm -hmm. And truly, my growing up could not have been more opposite from Matt's growing up. And both had good qualities. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like we've come here. Yeah into the middle where it's like, we're going to take the good from my side and the good from his side and the, the parts we didn't like from each side and try to not do those things. Mm. Um, and just try to, just try to be better. I mean, I think that's what most generations try to do. Try to is, fix is that the stuff we didn't like. Is that exhausting? Um, I think the conflict initially was exhausting. It can still be, but, but initially trying to navigate that and discern that was really hard. Like you, y'all did Christmas this way and y'all mm. did house responsibilities this way. And you know, I mean, all the communication around that was exhausting. Mm. Now I think it's more effortless because we very much are in a rhythm and we have three kids. We've been doing this a little while. We've been married almost 10 years. Like we've got a rhythm of what we want our family to be about. But I think figuring out what we wanted it to be about was hard, you know, cause I don't even know that we knew. Like, what do you mean? Like, like when I, when we got married, it's like, you know, in sickness and health, we're like, yeah, great. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Are you ready for kids? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like a dog, right? But like, they just cry more. I don't know. No, yeah. we had no idea. Like, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. You just figured as you go. But, um, hard conversations, mm -hmm. like we were, we were willing. Well, some of us were willing. To, <laughs> some of us got... <laughs> <laughs> Matt didn't love that, but I mean, we—I mean, you know—we we're different personality styles. He's more of an introvert, an extrovert. I'm an extrovert, obviously. So, so what? 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 When you look at mom, you look at dad, and then you look at—you have three little ones. What is one thing you want to make sure they get that stays on that line? Hmm. Um. I want to say yes more than I say no. 
And that's something I good I got from my mom. My mom was a yes mom. Like it was like, hey, let's go get ice cream at you know eight o'clock. Yeah. Like she's a she's an adventurous mom. Like she's spontaneous. Okay. Now I had no rules, and I got myself in debt because I didn't even know how money works. So there's yeah. plenty of like the, the responsible <laughs> side that was not her sweet. We'll side. get to the okay. other side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 she was spontaneous and fun. It was like live. Like it was like live. Like huh. like like live every moment. She just has this zest for life. I want my kids to have that. So so in my is that son, hard for an eight? No, that's very. I'm eight wings. No, I'm like like I'm no all in. Okay, cool. Oh yeah. So like when my son says. Um, I don't know. I'm probably gonna get hate mail from this, but that's fine. Tyler will filter. You're gonna have to. When I, when I, like, drive, you have to get in line on my. Yeah, <laughs> no. When you're driving, like when we're driving down the road, and, and my neighborhood's very, my my in-laws very small, safe neighborhood, and my son Carter from the back seat yells, "Can I stick my head out the sunroof?" I'm like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. Right now, my default answer as a tired mom wants to be no because I'm tired because because it's just easier. But I'm trying to find opportunities to say yes. So when he says, "Can we go do this thing?" That's that's maybe takes a little more effort for me. Yeah. But it's gonna be fun to a six year old. Like for example, let's use a better example. When my son wanted to be Waffle House for Halloween, not a server, the building. Yeah, and absolutely. That took some more effort for me to create this cardboard building. <laughs> Uh, I want to be a mom that says yes. Yeah. And we made that stinking Waffle House and it was awesome. Like, yes. I just want to be a mom that says yes. I can't always say yes. There's plenty of things I have to say no to. But when I can say yes, I want to say yes. Hmm. Yeah. I want his childhood to be fun memories that if I could do it, I, I tried to do it. What's the reverse of that? What's one thing that stops with Christy and Matt? Oh, well, my mom's going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> I see my family doesn't listen to my show, I, so I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm psychotic yeah. about being on time. Ah, uh, picking him up. She was always late to get me. I'd be the last kid picked up after school. Just so you know, Christy was in the studio today before I was, before everybody was, before Kelly and James and everybody. <laughs> Christy was here first. Uh, I wish it translated to everything in life, but there was one day truly. Carter was literally two years old in a preschool, and I was going to be like five minutes late, mm-hmm. and I cried the whole way there. Like oh, you man. can just psychoanalyze that all day, but nope. it's like, it's, it's like that is a, we will never be late huh. to pick him up because I don't want him to be the last one. Like, I just remember yeah. that feeling. Yeah. So, uh, there's lists on both sides of all of it, right? That's... Like we've got good things, bad things on all oh, of them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just always, I'm always interested in what, what people's, what drives people toward, what mm-hmm. they're running towards and what they're saying now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. another one, my mom is creative, uh-huh. super creative entrepreneur. She's like, imagine any movie you've ever seen where there's an inventor. Like she has patents, like the beauty and the beast, the crazy inventor dad, like that's her. So her house was always a mess. Uh, and so I'm like weird about keeping my, and I'm not like Monica and friends. I'm not like a, I'm not one of those people. I'm not like a perfectionist. I don't, but because I grew up in a mess, it's really important to me to have straight house, which is extremely hard with three kids under six. So I've had to like reduce my expectations of even what's realistic but that is something that like it comes from that childhood place of having a messy house that I that I wouldn't have friends over I want friends to be able to stop by and they can come in and that yeah that's hard so on being on time and keeping a messy a clean place two things John Deloney's not doing for <laughs> hey we'll be right back on John, John Deloney whatever dude whatever the show's called we'll be right back This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, 
have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. On the cover of this book, you do your... What? Tell me about the shoes off. It was an accident. It was? Yeah, we were we were in between shots. And did you lit it on the cover when you were doing the shoot day? Did you kick somebody? No, that would have been a better story. But um, we had all these different shoes. We were taking pictures with all the different shoes and different outfits. And we were in between. And I was literally just standing there. And then Seth started taking photos. We're like, oh, that could be cool. Like, that could be cool with shoes off. Like, oh, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, switching gears between work and home and whatever. And we liked it. So we just tried it a few more times and then got that. And I love it. And it's funny because... I had a friend tell me when she saw that she goes, I was showing her all the covers. There was like six we were testing. And she said, that one's my favorite by far. She said, because only if you have seen that, you understand the freedom of getting home at the end of the day and kicking your shoes off. Like the feeling of just like, okay, <sighs> switching gears. Like yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Taking yeah. your hat off or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. James, do you kick your, your shoes off every day? I do. But you don't. You sleep I'll, in shoes, next, don't you? Your next book cover, I want you to be wearing the, the Vibram shoes with the toes. <laughs> <It's a five. laughs> don't you have some of those? Oh, my gosh. Do you have those? You so would have those. <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy that would have those. That yeah. running book that got so popular, all my running friends were running barefoot and in the Vibram shoes, even on trails. I'm like, how did they do they that? They were incredible, weren't they? I no, didn't do it. You didn't do it? Mm-mm. All right. I didn't get them with the trend. <laughs> I just used tennis shoes. <laughs> Normal person. Running shoes. <laughs> okay, so you give it, it advice for a living. Yeah. Okay. And you give advice for a living. It's what you do. And I talk. I talk for a living. You talk for a living. People, <laughs> All my friends are like, how did you manage this? <laughs> what you I, know your strengths, people. <laughs> what I've learned, exactly, right? What I've learned is the things that make me successful at work, mm-hmm. right? Like having to deal with a producer that doesn't even listen to and sure. or like this show. Sure. Having sure. Kelly, the associate producer, who literally despises the, the hour <laughs> she's in here with me. Um, like, or when people are, are they're, they're giving you six photos to deal with the photo shoot and you're a writer and you got editors saying, we want to say it like this. And you're like, no, I wrote it like this. And um, then you're talking to business leaders. What I've learned is the things that make me successful at work, and this is back when I was a professor, this is back when I was a minister, can melt my family, mm-hmm. right? If I come home and I'm always, like Sheila says, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, well, you know, and I treat her like a caller. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. be sleeping. <laughs> On the couch. Not, no, not inside <laughs> at all, in the barn with the chickens, right? Um, how do you balance, gosh, I need to stop doing that. You just that. keep so doing it. Yeah, like I'm, just pitching I'm, you. I'm enjoying it now. How how do you shift gears to get out of I um the same things that make me successful at my work to now I'm a mom, now I'm a wife, now I'm a friend. 
So one of the exercises I went through, and this actually came out of Entree Leadership Summit last year, my talk for that. So that was before I wrote this book. Okay. I wrote this talk. This is the background to it. Um, I think asking people, if, I, if you tell people, you know, figure out what matters and spend your life on those things, which is essentially what I'm saying in this book and showing you the steps to do it, that can be hard. People say, well, what does matter? Well, what's important to me? What, what do I want for my life? They don't know, mm-hmm. right? So I said, what if you ask a different question? And I asked this on stage and it, it really resonated and then it's, and it's something I've been doing, too. Instead of saying, what do I need to do? What do I need to spend my time on? You know, what are my priorities? What do I want? All that stuff, which can be really hard to answer, especially when you're busy and you're in the weeds. Instead, ask yourself a different question. Who do I want to be? Yep. Who do I want to be to my kids? And when I, it's almost this out-of-body experience mm-hmm. of, like, saying, like, looking at myself more objectively instead of who do I think I am? Well, I think I'm failing. I think I'm this, whatever. It's like, no, who do I want to be? And, and that's another common thing I have seen from at least the women that I work with. They say things all the time. Like, I'm not a fun mom. I'm not a business owner. I'm not a runner. And I'm, all I can think is says who? Go do something fun yeah. and boom, you're a fun mom. Go put your <laughs> idea out there. Go run to the end of the street. You can fix this yeah. right now. So instead of thinking about like who do you think you are and, and living within those labels we put on ourselves or those limitations we think we have, then instead just say, what, who do I want to be? And so when I wrote a list of who I want to be to my kids, that then determines what I do when I get home. Hmm. Because then I act like the person I want to be. So if I want to be happy, if I want to be fun, if I want to be present, if I want to, then I act out of that intention of that, what I decided I wanted to be. And then what's interesting is I become that because our actions determine who we are. So it's like, I choose who I want to be and act in line with that. And then I just by default become that and, and you, it's not perfect at all no but it, but it's, but it's directional but yeah. if i don't decide that i will come home and be like well we're doing this and then this and then this and you need to get fix your clothes like i would be drill sergeant because yeah. at work i'm so switching gears so fast now i've got to do this now i've got to write i'm so task oriented mm-hmm. at work and we run so hard and fast here that like i would not be present in the moment with my kids. I would not be able to enjoy the spontaneity, enjoy the, when my, when my son takes, I don't know, seven and a half hours to walk down the stairs, oh, which gosh. I'm like, how, how could you yes. move slower? I, an actual snail could be beating you yes. right now. Like, but it forces you to slow down and just be with them in their world and what's important to them and what sounds fun to them versus your ideas about what should be important and, and whatever. So I think that question has really helped me. Who do I want to be? And I can do the, you can do the same thing at work. You can do it anywhere. Who so do I want to be? I read a book this weekend and it was fascinating. Um, and they talked about there's two different brain circuits. And I, and I hate to use those tech or mechanistic metaphors for humans, but so when you use the word I, I, I am, I am in, I am, can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I'm late to pick up my kids again. That that feeling of in it triggers a fight or flight response. Your cortisol adrenaline, you are in it. When you use words like you or when you talk to yourself, hey, Christy, you actually solve that problem over there mm. and it doesn't trigger your response. Interesting. Or when you go future. So it, it, two examples of this I've seen is when me and Sheila are in the middle of something and I, I, I'm thinking, what is happening in my marriage right now? <laughs> and then I come to work and someone says, hey, can you help me, me and my wife are? And I can go, yeah, this, this, and this. Because when I'm in it, I've got a hormonal chemical response to this, to, to fight it or run from it. When I'm over here, I'm distant from it. My body can doesn't unhook my frontal lobe, right? right. I'm in it. I can answer those questions. And what you just said is a is a awesome way of distancing yourself from, yeah. and it lets you just go, huh, I can 
be a part of this one and this one and this one. Otherwise, except when I'm in it, I'm gonna start solving this thing, yeah. right? Because I gotta, I gotta be, I, I gotta be fighting it or running from it or freezing it with it, and um, it seems like a gentler way, right? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I think for me, one of the things that is helpful about it is you don't feel held back by who you think you are. Like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I'm failing or whatever all these things are. But it also just helps you decide that that you can you can become that person. Yeah. You can you can decide who you're going to become and you can do that. And I think that for a lot of people that feel like <clears throat> they're not a good mom or they're failing or whatever, that narrative is not even true. But if you can act in line with whatever you think that is, mm-hmm. then it just gives you more permission. One of the things that I, I talk about in the book that I'm so guilty of is sometimes if I'm not careful – I will, for example, I will focus on the wrong thing in any given moment. And and by doing that, it not only steals my sense of balance and, and all that, but it actually turns me into someone that I don't like. So let me give you an extreme example. Uh, last year at Christmas, I wanted to, like all moms for the record, wanted to get a picture of all my kids in matching Christmas pajamas in front of the Christmas tree. I realize this is a big ask, but I just want to make it happen, okay? These dreams are real. All the women can relate right now. So I'm like, okay, guys, I'm bribing. I'm rewarding. I'm, you're doing great. Here we go. I, they don't even need to be perfect. But just everybody looking in the general vicinity of the camera. Oh, no. Oh, no. 600 attempts. Ornaments are flying off. Conley's kicked his brother. Mary Grace is screaming. Someone like, It's mass chaos. And because I'm trying so hard to capture this photo to show what a fun time we're having. <laughs> I created a situation that is the exact opposite of fun. Right. And by the way, turned myself into someone that I don't like. Yeah. And so let's use that example. Separate yourself from that. Go, who do I want to be in that moment? I want to be a mom that's like snapping pictures of what's actually happening. Mm. And if we capture one cool, like like now my new photo rule is three. Mm. I try three times and I quit. Yep. And if I get it, great. And if I don't, I don't. And we move on. There's- and those pictures will be equally if not more fun to talk about in 30 years 100 percent. right 100 percent. there's a um do you ever watch the show uh little fires everywhere no okay well there's a scene reese witherspoon pe- plays elena and there's that exact scene where she ends up screaming and cussing at her daughter in gotcha. front of the christmas tree this thing that's an extreme example but we all do it where we get caught up in things that we think are important that are not mm-hmm. but because we're so focused on that obsessed with that spending time on that energy money whatever that is and you can fill in the blank with a million different examples, we become someone we don't like. So instead, I just want to decide who I want to be, mm-hmm. someone that I would like, that I'd be proud to be, and then just, well, what would that person do? Mm. How can I act in line with that idea in my head of who I want to be versus reacting to all these un- unimportant things that I get caught up in that I think is so easy to get caught up in? Dude, I love that. So who keeps you accountable to that? Do you and Matt have a code word? <laughs> who, Matt. who do you allow into your life that says, Christy, we're done? Or do you have that? Matt doesn't have to say it. He has a look. Yeah. He has a look. Does that piss you off, though? Yes. Because you're trying to get your pictures done? Like, yes. I'm like, you don't understand. You know what else he does? <laughs> what else? We'll be at you dinner. You don't understand. He's well, like, uh, I do. What, what, what are we doing? We have, like, we have these codes, and he never, like, he never like taught me the codes. I just uh-huh. have picked up on the codes after 10 years. One of them is a look when okay. it's like you're being too much. Like, all, all this about the Christmas, like, he'll just look like, or he might just go, babe. Mm-hmm. And I know that look is like it's ever. You know what else he does? We'll be at dinner like this. I'm like let's say group of friends. He'll just <laughs> gently place his hand on my leg, and I know that means I'm being way too loud. <laughs> like he never told me the hand on the leg means you're being too loud, but I just I did notice a pattern that I would be at a very loud volume when the hand always came on my leg. So I was like, okay, I'll just bring it down a notch. <laughs> Sheila gives me the the you're being a lot for everyone. It's just a it's a pressure <laughs> on my shoulder, and it's just like. Hey, hey, and that's a 
all the things come out of your mouth, you're going to regret tomorrow. <laughs> and um, I don't even think you're you're with us anymore. Matt is so brilliant because he didn't have to say a word. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a look or it's a hand on my leg. And I'm like, I know. The first okay. 15 years that happened, I got raged out. Like, yeah. I'm exact. And now I'm like, you're exactly right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, like if I, when I, you know, I don't know, need to rearrange our side tables or throw pillows for the 400th time, I'll be like, babe, I think they look great. I'm like, shut up. That's right. See, and I would tell Matt to take a dive on that one. Like, let's let him, let him ride, dude. That's right. <laughs> he, one time, I, he came, true story, this is a few months ago. He came downstairs and I go, do you like that side table? He goes, I do. I also liked numbers 4, 7, 19, and 29. <laughs> I liked all of those I side tables. Every... <laughs> all the options we've had rotating through the last few months. Okay, so what makes you a good mom? What makes you good at momming? Can I give you two things? You can give as many as you want. There are two things I really pride myself in that I think is just, I think will matter later. I hope it does because I'm okay. really trying hard at it. <laughs> Being present. I know okay. we've talked about that, but like I'm with them. You're, good, you're my good at that? I'm in it. Okay. Yeah, I'm in it. Like whatever story you're telling me, like I'm, I'm with it. Okay. in it. Also being fun. Like okay. their version of fun. So like I'm not a sit back and watch them play. I am in it. Like okay. I am like we are making up games and scavenger hunts and building forts out of cardboard boxes. Like I'm super creative. So I just, I just, I just want to be fun. What, be makes, fun you, and present. what makes you a good wife? Like a good partner for Matt. I, okay, I encourage anything he wants to do. Now, granted, the caveat to that is he doesn't ask for much. Mm. So if he's like, I want to take a guy's trip, I'm like, yes, go golf. Yes, buy the fancy smoker grill. Yes, go, yes, yes. Like <laughs> The smoker grill. I don't the, know what it's uh, yeah. called. The Komodo joke, whatever that they're called. That is, yeah, Great I don't name. know. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, anything he wants, and he makes it easy because he doesn't hardly ask for anything. You know what I mean? So it's sometimes I'm like, you should, you know, like... I just, I really, I, I really try to encourage and affirm him. He, he's one of those people that like, he's always like puts everybody's needs before his own. Oh, yeah. He's a deep sense of responsibility. Like that would be irresponsible. I'm like, please go, go run on, do the trail running group, go on a guy's trip, go golf, go. Yeah. I just, but I, but I, that goes both ways. I, I want to be able to do that and I want him to be able to do that. I want us both to have a healthy other parts of our lives than just each other and home responsibilities all the time. What's one thing you're trying to get better at being a mom? Um, typical Enneagram eight, but my anger, Mm. like I'm not proud of that. But man, when you're tired and like, they're just screaming and they're just wiping peanut butter on the walls, (laughs) (laughs) the walls, you just clean. Or my son Conley will just like go through a room and literally just like throw everything on the floor. Like what did bookshelves, anything just like, just, it's like, they're just actual tornadoes. And, and, and most of the time I'm like, like, you know, you read all these parenting books and they're like, well, just like, you know, just ask them how they're feeling. I'm nope. like, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. hear how they're feeling. I just every now and then I'll snap and I'll just scream. Yeah. So do you, do you get, do you get angry at what they did? Do you get angry at that you had a picture of what this was going to look like and now it's different? Like, what do you get angry at? Cause I find myself there too. And uh, what 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 do you what do you what does that that thing come from, or is it just a it's your kids demonstrate a how little you actually control in the world, like what what's the anger from all all of the above okay. option D all of the above, but I will tell you the one that is the most maddening to me is undoing work I've done, okay. and I think that's because I'm so tired, and so like when I'm really tired. And I pick up, you know, all the toy, whatever, and they come through and literally just throw it all out. Yeah. 
like that that's maddening because I'm like I was so tired and 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 dug so deep to be able to do that whatever the thing is fill in the blank with whatever it is you know it could be any number of things it's not just cleaning it's not just toys yeah. it's like anything like I'll I'll get car you know get Conley all dressed for the day and then the next thing I know he's literally just like wiping you know yogurt on his shirt yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like oh, we're gonna go through the whole thing again that's right <laughs> yep that yeah. that 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 cuts me deep. Because I'm just like I have to do it again. Like it's 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 you go insane. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like I'm doing the same thing and getting the same results over and over and over again. But I don't want to. I'm trying to do something new. But they just and I find myself trying to do explain algorithms. And there's a child going, huh? Yeah. Like I don't what? And you have to go. Oh, you're five right. or you're three. <laughs> right. You don't know what I'm talking about. Right. At all. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about what about um like a, a um. Oh, James just last questioned me in my ear. Oh, make it a good one. All right, I'll make it a good one here. Let's see here. Um, what's one thing you have? Okay. Okay. Well, he has something similar, so I would. I, we don't do because he has something similar. What are you good at at parenting? That's what, being fun and present. I'm acting. Uh, yeah. See, what's what is um, what's something you. Two things. One, you've what's something you've changed your mind on the last five or ten years? You speak publicly. Mm. You have a show, um, a fancy, famous show. You've got a like jillions of devoted people who pattern their life after you. What's one thing you've changed your mind on? And then what's thing one thing you have been out in the public sphere and you've come back and be like, I think I was wrong on that. But you've had to circle back and say, I was on stage and I said this a lot, and then well, I don't think I was right on that. Mm. Okay. Um, let's do the first one. I feel like th- this could even be both of them. I get well, not the second one. Um, the first one. I mean, this is getting into like you know just a topic that is super polarizing in our world. But um, so I grew up in a really diverse high school. Mm-hmm. I was the only white girl on our track team. I had a ton of black friends growing mm-hmm. up. So I never thought I had any ignorance mm-hmm. when it come came to race in America. Gotcha. Like I would have thought I am cultured. If anyone gets it. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like I'm an expert, but when when everything was coming out last year about racism and all of the um, the experience of an average black person in America, I would have thought I I could see that I could understand like like not like I've experienced it at all, but I didn't feel ignorant. Gotcha. And then I began actively seeking out content, teaching, wisdom, leadership from. T- Tons of people that I'd never gotten that from black Americans mm-hmm. that are leading in these spaces and teaching. And, you know, it was just being talked about everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And my eyes were so opened to some of the experiences they had that I never knew they had. Gotcha. Like, for example, even, you know, friends that I had in high school, one of my best girlfriends today, like I look at her differently now going like, oh, my gosh, like because we never talked about it in the context of our friendship. Mm-hmm. I guess I never knew it was there. Gotcha. And then I've since brought up some of those topics with my friends been like, have you had these types of experiences or these types of comments or people following you? You know, just some of the things that I didn't, I would have, I would have never known. I gotcha. had those blind spots and mm-hmm. I did. And uh-huh. so it's been very eye opening to me to learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's something you said from stage 10 years ago that now you think I'd probably do that differently. <laughs> All of my first three years of talks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Here's the perce- here's the perception. If once you get a show, once you get some books, once you make the bestseller list, which this one for sure will be on there again. You've been nat- number one national bestseller multiple times over. When, when you do these things, that you quote unquote get there, mm-hmm. right? You a- arrive 
and people don't understand like the oh my I just said this lot on a stage on a live stream that it's been being repackaged and sold and I'm talking this about myself here I wish I'd said that differently. Well, I can't get that back, right? Or I I changed my mind. I read a new book, and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. I just told everybody in this audience to do this, and I was wrong. And I want to communicate to people, hey, man, we're still figuring this out too. Totally. But then I know you, and you're smarter than me, and you're you're like more on top of stuff. And so you may go like, actually, John, I've never never been wrong. I for sure have those. I just can't think of anything from a long time ago. But I'll tell you, just like two weeks ago, I answered a money question wrong on the Ramsey show. Oh, sweet. I was like, with Dave, too. So I was like, okay, well, are we going to break now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. There's something in my book I, I wish I could have fixed. So I talk about priorities, and I, like, wrote this pyramid. Tyler pointed it out, and I just I, – we were in a crunch time. But I, I talk about putting your priorities in a pyramid, uh-huh. you know, instead of, like – because most people put it, like, on all on one level, like, all these things, and then you don't know how to make decisions. So I'm like, you need to make a pyramid. And everybody's like – asking all these questions about the food pyramid and like, well, is it the smallest, the top, the oh, least geez. important because it's the smallest triangle in the bottom. Like, oh God, I should have just flipped the ladder. I should have made it a lot. La- so anyway, you just, yeah, it's never done. The work is never done. The it's, work is never done. I was like, I should, I totally should have done a different image because everybody's caught up on like, is the most important at the top or the most important at the bottom? I'm like, oh. that's exactly what we're t- Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired just thinking about it. All right. Well, hey, thanks for being on the show. This was fun. Talking about this your is the most casual interview I've ever had. I love it. I'm going to come back. We're going to answer calls, though, for real. I can't wait. For I'm going to set it up with James because I don't trust that you will. But me and Kelly and James will work this out. She's the call person. Yeah. See how I did that? I'll take the blame. That's what I should do, right? They really just want to go sorry. home. Let's I, know, I can see it on them. They're like, oh my gosh, we stopped talking. All right. So, as we wrap up every show with the greatest song of all time, and I ask Christy, right, the one best selling do- author, mom. <laughs> Incredible we're wife. No, we're doing the other one. We're doing the bass keeps running, right? That's this. That's the song you picked. No, um, that is not that song. Yeah, it's it's how it starts. Oh, this is it. She doesn't even know the lyrics to her favorite song <laughs> that she actually had us print out. Um, so I was I was shocked that this is the song you picked, but you know what? <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore with Christy Wright. What's your middle name? Brown. Now it's my maiden. Brown's my maiden name. C B W. So this is it, off whatever record. I don't even know what record this was. This is a famous song. By the, I don't know what record it is. I don't know. When did this come out, James? Let's get it started. Listen, let's give context. When I'm tired, as we've talked about extensively, I listen to Black Eyed Peas to get pumped up. It's good running music or just cleaning the kitchen music, whatever you need. Hear that, America? 2004, the Black Eyed Peas dropped this this lyrical gem <laughs> on America, not only on America, on the world. And it fell directly um, into Christy Wright's heart. Sir. And um, when, as she said, when she's ready to get pumped up. <laughs> she's for making peanut butter and jelly? For running or cooking or anything that requires pumped upness. <laughs> boom. This is her go-to. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and do the honors. Is it cool? I would love it if you would. How, you, are you want to? No, I want you to go ahead. Black Eyed Peas, let's get it started. And it goes like this. And the bass keeps running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running. In this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect. Collect <laughs> the rhythm effect. I'm feeling pumped up now. I'm just doing this. So lose an inhibition. Follow your intuition. Listen. Free your inner soul and break away from tradition because when we beat out girl, it's pulling without Christy. (laughs) 
James, Kelly, I feel pumped up. I'm ready to go make some lunches, go running. Because I'm running, running, and running, running, run in, right run in, here. And running, running. On the Dr. John Deloney <laughs> Show.